She's a sweet singer. She loves the Lord and she sings from her heart. Do you ever notice that? When somebody does something from the heart, it affects you because it comes deep from within. And we're thankful for what the Lord has given us with all the talent and gifts and abilities. And we can't claim any credit for it, can we? Can we say, I have a great voice, I should be up there? No. I have all this ability? No. Everything we have is from God. He's given us our knowledge. He's given us our strength. He's given us our wisdom. Everything, every talent and skill, may we use it for his honor and glory. He's with us in the waiting. He's with us in everything in our lives. We're so thankful for that. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you that you love us so much and you take care of every detail of our lives. And when there are things that we don't understand, things that are hard for us to face, trying times when they come, we thank you that you're right there with us, right there in the battle, right there in the fight, right there in the race. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. We thank you that you're a friend. And we can say what a friend we have in Jesus. Please hide me, Lord, behind the cross. May you take your word today and speak to us and encourage us and challenge us in our walk with you. And we just ask your blessing now and thank you in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Life is full of obstacles. It's full of trials. It's full of difficulties. Things that we have to overcome. And when it, the last message I gave was being an overcomer. And I knew that the Lord was going to test me on that message. And he always does. He tests us on our messages. He tests us with what we learn. He tests us with what we know because he wants us to grow and he wants us to, to show in our lives that Jesus Christ is real. Do you know that that's one of the most amazing things to me about the entire Bible is that God loves us so much in a personal way. In a personal way. He loves all of us collectively. He loves the whole world. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loves the whole world. He loves all his people, all his children, all those who are saved, but he loves everybody. He loves us individually. He knows how many hairs are on your head or not on your head. <laughs> he knows your thoughts. He knows your emotions. He knows what you're going through this morning. And many times we don't. Sometimes we offer up unspoken requests because there's things so deep in our hearts that only he knows. But the thing that is amazing to me is that God loves us so much he wants to be involved in our lives. Think of that. The God of the universe who controls all things, who knows all things, who is holy and special, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with me. You know, when you have someone who's close to you, whether it's a family member or a friend, 
When things in life come along, you want that person along. When you celebrate something, you want that person there. When you go through hard times, you want that person there because that person means everything to you. I'll ask you the question today, do you know Jesus Christ in that way so that you want him to be there in your life for everything you're, that you're going through? You know, this world today is a bad place. I mean, you can't escape it everywhere you look. People today are lonely. People today are shut in. People today are discouraged. People are down. Oh, they're trying to put on a happy face. They're trying to put on a happy front. But without the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, that's all it is, putting on a front. But because when you accept Jesus Christ, he will turn your life around in such a way as he'll forgive your sins, he'll give you hope, he'll give you peace, he'll come into your life and take over your life and make your life special and meaningful and then take you to heaven. But I mean, even now, the Lord is with us in our lives. And the subject that we're going to look at today briefly is, he is the one who goes with you. He's the one who goes with you. If you'll turn with me this morning to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 31, we'll begin at the, at the first verse. You know, it's interesting, our brother Paul shared beautifully at the breaking of bread today on all the different names and titles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, one of my favorite ones is Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel is special because it means God with us. That's how much God loved us. He was up in heaven, worshipped by all the angels. He didn't have to love us. He didn't have to come down and save us. He could have just let us go on our way to an endless eternity in hell. We were guilty. We were sinners. But he loved us so much as to leave heaven and come down as the Emmanuel to become part of our lives. And how was he received by people? He was not received well at all. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him. To them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. So I'm thankful this morning that God has made possible for us not to be orphans in this world, not to have to try to make it on our own. He says, I will be with you. Not just today, but tomorrow also. And not just tomorrow, but all through your life until you reach those heavenly shores. And that's comforting to me because whatever I go through, whether it's the loss of my dad or my illnesses or different things that have happened. And you notice in life, trials come in bunches, don't they? Sylvia was mentioning her message. I really enjoyed that Thursday message. I was home listening to it on the computer and watching it. It's so true because God allows these things in our lives in bunches and he wants those trials to have an effect on us so that we can draw closer to him. And the Lord has promised, I will be with you every day through the journey. And God says, I'm not going to just say you can fend for yourself, you can make it on your own, you're a Christian, now go ahead, go out and, and do it. He doesn't do that. He is right there with us. Can you imagine if God was like the kind of God, he said, it takes us to the amusement ride and there's a scary, scary roller coaster. And he said, oh boy, Lyle, I don't know if I can do it. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'll be sitting over here on the bench waiting for you. 
and you go up there and go through all the gyrations of that roller coaster, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. No, he doesn't do that. God loves us too much for that. He goes on the roller coaster with us. He calms our fears when we need it. He brings us encouragement and comfort when we need it. That's the thing. He says, I'm in it with you all the way, brother. I'm in it with you all the way, sister. Not just when times are good, but when times are bad. And that's the encouragement to us. He is the one who goes with you. He will be with us. You know, I read a story about a young family that was visiting a lighthouse. And if you read the Daily Bread, it's a story in the Daily Bread a few days ago. Told of the husband and wife and the little girl, and they were walking toward the lighthouse, and these waves were just coming up high and crashing all around. And the little girl looked at her daddy, and she says, Daddy, please walk beside me and hold my hand at this scary part. And I thought, wow, we go through some scary parts in life, don't we? When we don't know what's going to happen to our health, we don't know what's going to happen to our wealth, we don't know what's going to happen in our families or these things. Us. He stays with us. He protects us. He helps us. We can be encouraged by that. The thing that we're going to look at from this passage in Deuteronomy is, number one, the Lord goes before us. Number two, the Lord goes with us. And number three, the Lord will not leave us nor forsake us. Let's read together Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 to 8. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you. And you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and their land, then when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. And then he says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. You know, it's really encouraging when you realize the principle of Scripture is that the Lord goes before us. He goes before us. What does that mean, the Lord goes before us? Do you know that before you reach Monday morning, before even you know what's going to happen to you on Monday morning, the Lord has already been there. He's already prepared it. He's already allowed it. He's already knowing what's going to happen to us. That's amazing to me. The Lord goes before us. And he goes ahead of us to prepare the way. He goes ahead of us to prepare the hearts, our hearts and the hearts of the people that we're going to meet ahead. And he goes to smooth it out for us. There's so many times in life that if, when we get to heaven, we're going to find out. 
that the Lord saved us and spared us from so many things that could have happened. He's going to run the tape on Shauna, and he's going to say, look, Shauna, on this day, this was going to happen to you. And look what was going to happen to you here. And look what I saved you from here. And it's just going to be one joyful thing to see how God has worked in our lives. That nothing that has been happening to us is by accident. It's not by chance. He's allowed it for the good. And even when we can't see the good from it, he's going to bring good from it. Because he goes to prepare it ahead of time. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 20, there's a beautiful verse that tells about how the Lord goes before us. It says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. If you ever notice in the scripture when the word angel is capitalized, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is his pre-incarnate appearing. And in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord was God himself. And people who saw the angel of the Lord and heard the angel of the Lord fell down on their faces and worshipped him because they knew this was not just an angel. God has hundreds and thousands and millions of angels, but he only has one, the angel of the Lord. And when God comes down, he has communication with us. There were so many people in the Old Testament that said, oh, we can't look at the Lord because if we look at him, we're going to die. And that's true. You cannot go out this afternoon and look directly in the sun without going blind. You really will, because the sun is so powerful. Our God is so powerful in his, in his greatness, in his glory, but he's so loving and so merciful and so compassionate that he cares about my problems. He cares about my needs. He cares about what I'm going through. And that's the amazing thing to me. The Lord goes before us. And then I think to myself, well, if that's true, if God goes before me and he prepares the way and he does all these things for me, then why should I worry? Why should I? Why should I fear? Why should I get bothered? Why should I get upset? I shouldn't. It really is robbing God of his glory because if we fear anything, we're robbing God of his glory because he wants us to realize that he has gone before us. He will prepare the way. I mean, think about Joshua here. Was this an ominous thing for him? I mean, here he was, a young man, relatively young man, and he's taking over now for the world's greatest leader, Moses. Moses had reached 120 years old, and God said, Moses, your time is here. It's time to come home with me now, and now you've got to appoint a successor, and it's going to be Joshua. And I think about Joshua that was the mentoree of Moses, that day after day he spent time with Moses and he spent time in the presence of the Lord and he learned from the best. He learned from a great leader, Moses, and now it's his turn. Can you imagine if it was your turn to follow somebody like Moses? I think I'd say, wow, maybe you better get somebody else, Lord. I can't follow. Moses, this great man of God, I'm going to follow in his footsteps. We have to remember, God goes before us he prepares the way. He gives the ability. He gives the, the strength for the task. All he asks us to do is be faithful. I put in a plug today for the scripture memory class. I wish every seat was filled for this because we're studying about faithfulness. God requires it 
of all of us to be faithful. He may give us a little, he may give us a little more, whatever it is, he wants us to be faithful. He wants us to realize it's not us that's going to do it, it's him that's going to do it through us. He's going to go before us and prepare everything and do the work and do a great thing. And I was thinking back through the word of God about how many examples of this where the Lord went before somebody and took care of the situation and then the person said, wow, Lord, look what you did. Think of the case of Jacob. He was scared to death. He was going to have to meet his brother Esau. And he wrestled with the Lord and he, would, and he made all these plans and preparations about who was going to be in line first, line up the women and line up the children and do all of this. And then Rachel, who I love very much, and the children, will put them at the back to keep them safe. And if things get ugly and Esau starts attacking, we'll try to escape. He had all these plans and all these schemes in his mind. But when it came right down to it, the Lord went before it and he took this man who was bent on murdering him, Esau, his brother, who had said, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to murder him. He took this lion and turned him into a little pussycat. He made it so amazing and so thorough that when they came, Esau and him wept on each other. They, they were like they were old buddies again. Unbelievable. Even though they were brothers, they were opposites. And Esau hated his brother. He was bent on killing him. And he came with all these soldiers, all these men with him. And God went before him and changed it all. And, he, and Jacob said, I give glory to God. I didn't have to lift a hand. I didn't have to use plan A. I didn't have to use plan B. I didn't have to use plan C. God goes before us and takes care of it. That's what he did with Jacob. He did the same thing with King Hezekiah when they were attacked. The, the Israelites in Judah, they were attacked by these uh, Assyrians. And here, the Assyrian king comes with 185,000 troops descending on Jerusalem. And Hezekiah was very fearful, but he took his need to the Lord and he brought the request to Isaiah the prophet. And they came into the temple and they prayed. And they prayed about it. And God gave assurance and comfort that he was going to come through. And God went before him and went out and killed 185,000 soldiers. They woke up the next morning, they were all dead. Did they have to fight them? Did the Israelites have to lift a finger? Did they have to go out and, and take up battle armaments? No. God went before them and killed 185,000 soldiers. Think about Peter in the New Testament who was locked up in jail. Herod was bound. He wanted to kill Peter and make an example of him and please the Jews. And there was Peter. And there he was between soldiers. He was shackled between soldiers. They were guarding him in the inner prison. There was no escape from that prison. When you're in a Roman prison like that, when you're in a prison that there's no way out, you're stuck. But there was a prayer meeting going on down the street where 120 Christians were gathered together in prayer, and they were praying for Peter to be rescued, to be saved. Did they really believe it? Their faith was weak. They really didn't believe it because when God did bring Peter out of the prison and he was knocking on the door, wrote a, the young servant girl says, Peter's here. Peter? No, you're seeing his angel. It can't be Peter. And he kept knocking on the door and he went in and it was Peter because God went before him and broke all the shackles off his arms, opened every gate of the prison and he just walked right out and he put all the guards to sleep. So they were just having a nice nap while Peter is walking out free. And the next thing you know, the people are saying, 
Didn't you put Peter in jail? And they say, yeah, we put him in jail. Well, he's out there preaching right now. What? What are you talking about? You're crazy. And they went and they found the guards there and they found the prison doors open and they found all the, the shackles were there, but Peter wasn't there because God went before him and took care of the situation for him. What an amazing thing. And then I think about in the Old Testament book of Esther, I've been reading that recently about uh, Mordecai. Mordecai was a wonderful man of God. He was one of the Jews there in the captivity. And one day, King Yehazuerus had a case of insomnia. He couldn't sleep. Now, why was it on that night that he couldn't sleep? That's because God went before him, so he would be kept up. And then the king says, oh, bring me some books. Bring me the royal books to read, because that'll always put me to sleep. So they brought the royal books, <clears throat> and he starts reading it, and then it says, he reads the story about Mordecai. He reads about Mordecai, and he says, this man Mordecai saved you, O king. He went and he found two conspirators that wanted to put you to death. And he came and brought word to us, and we went out and arrested them, and the charges were true, and we executed them. And then the king says, well, what, what was done to Mordecai? What reward did he get? What honor did he get? Oh, nothing was ever done for him, your majesty. Nothing was done for him? And then they said, who's out there in the outer chamber? <laughs> I love this part. The enemy of the Jews, the enemy of Israel, the one who wanted to put to death Mordecai and every one of the Jewish people, Haman, there he was. And he's so proud and he comes in and the king says, what should be done for the one whom the king desires to honor? And Haman thinks, who's going to honor, who's going to be more honored than me? Oh boy, I'm going to, well, whoever the king honors should be taken out with a, on, and ride on the royal horse and he should be given a ro royal ring on his finger and wear the king's robe and, and ride the king's horse all through the town and we should proclaim, this is what that is done to the one whom the man who the Lord desires to honor. And so the king, Gehazi says, great, Haman, go do that for Mordecai. Here he is right here. Get the horse, get my horse, get the robe, get the ring, go out and do it. And Haman was so angry. How did that happen? Did it just happen by coincidence? No, God went out before him and took care of it. And that's the way God works. He goes before us, he takes care of it. We shouldn't be shocked or surprised, should we, when God does some of these wonderful things for us? We shouldn't be. That's why it says in Jeremiah 32, 27, it says, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, sometimes we believe there is nothing too hard for the Lord. But when we get down in the trenches, when we get down in the difficulty, we're like we're in a tunnel, and we say, well, this one, Lord, is pretty tough. How are you going to come through for me this time? And the Lord is so patient. He doesn't whack us across the head. He just says... What's my track record? Well, Lord, your track record's pretty good. Pretty good? Have I ever failed you? No. Have I ever forsaken you? No. Have I ever not come through for you? No. Then what is my track record, Dean? Well, Lord, to be honest, it's 100%. It's 100%. Well, if I've been 100% accurate with you in the past, won't I be 100% accurate with you now in the future? Yes, Lord. And he gives us such comfort and encouragement. He doesn't hit us with a two-by-four. He's like, what's the matter with you, Dean? No, he's patient. But he wants us to remember what he's done for us so that we'll know what he's going to do for us. Yes, God goes before us, and he does wonderful things. 
Secondly, we see in this passage, not only does God go before us, but he goes with us. And that's the amazing thing, that the Lord would want to be on the journey with me. He would want to spend time with me. He would want to be with me and take me along the path. Notice verse 6 says in our text, For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they were in the wilderness for how long? Forty years. How long could it have been? Eleven days. The distance that they had to travel was eleven days worth. But because of their disobedience, because of their honoriness, their willfulness, their stubbornness, their complaining spirit, because of that, the Lord said, okay, this 11-day journey is going to turn into 40 years. And at the end of 40 years, all the men who had no faith in me are going to perish. And only Joshua and only Caleb, the two spies that gave a good report of the promised land, only those two men are going to make it and going to enter the promised land. And all your kids that you were worried about, and they were always worried about our kids, oh, you brought us out into the wilderness to kill us. All these people that you were so worried about, God says he's going to be with them, and he's going to take them into the promised land. What an amazing God we have. He is side by side with us in every difficulty, in every storm that we go through. You know, if you've ever seen a, a captain of a ship you see that they stand up on the, on the ship and they have the wheel in their hand like this. You want a captain who's alert. You want a captain that's prepared. You want a captain that's knowledgeable. You want a captain that knows the sea so that when you go out on that ship, you know you're going to get to your destination. Jesus Christ is that kind of captain. He's the captain of your life. He's the captain of my life. He knows what he's doing. And so many, so many times we say, Lord, I can take over now. I can steer it now. Let me steer it now. One day, a number of years ago, when I was working for IBM, they gave us a day out on the bay. And we went out there, and uh, here I was, young man at the time, in my 30s, and I said, would it be possible for me to steer the ship? <laughs> okay. They let me steer the ship. But within the close confines of the captain, but it was pretty neat. I was driving this ship. But you know how much damage I could have done to that ship if when coming into the shore, I didn't just go just right, I could have just damaged that ship. So when we got ready to go in, they said, okay, good job, good job, and now we'll take over from here. <laughs> you know? We get ourselves into trouble when we want to take over the wheel of our life. We think we know what we're doing, don't we? We don't know what we're doing. Because we need the Lord with us, we need to trust in him. Verse 8 says, he will be with you. He will be with you. Through thick and thin, God will not give up on us. He will be with us all the way through the journey. And one of the greatest blessings that we can share with each other, we can say to each other, is the greeting that the Christians used to give years ago, which was, the Lord be with you. And then the answer was, and the Lord be with you too, brother. If you ever read in the book of Ruth, you'll see where they used to bless each other that way in that, in that book. But what a blessing it is to know that we have the Lord with us. 
And it almost seems unnecessary for us to say that the Lord be with you because the Lord has promised to be with us. But you notice every time we say that, it reminds us that he is with us. He wants us to be reminded of it because here we are going through life busy, going through our life, going through struggles and trials, and we can get so busy and the Lord just taps on the shoulder. I'm here. I'm here. Because we want to make the decisions. We want to do this. We want to do that. we got to figure everything out. And the Lord says, Dean, wait a minute. Do you see you're getting yourself into a bad situation here? Back off. Let me take care of it. Let me take care of it. He loves you so much. He loves me so much. He wants to take care of these situations with us. And he will if we trust in him. D.L. Moody once says, a, a rule I have had for years is to treat the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal friend. He is not a creed, a mere empty doctrine, but he himself is what we have. And I thank God for that. Because when we have the Lord in our life, it's not just a mere doctrine, it's not a mere creed, it's not just being religious, it's having a personal relationship with Him. And He wants to have it with every single person. You can say, well, He doesn't want it with me. He doesn't know, I mean, God knows what I've done, and God, no, He does. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to come into your life. He wants to be your Lord and your Savior, and He wants to be your best friend. You know, they always say that husband and wives, it's great when they're the best, their best friends. Well, we have a best friend that's even better than that. The kids might say, bestier than that. Bestier than that. Because Jesus Christ is the best friend you can have. He's not going to condemn us. He's not going to judge us. But he wants the best for us. He wants us to give him the control and let him lead our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 4 is so beautiful. For it says, for the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight against your enemies to save you. Isn't that wonderful? We go out to fight the battles of life. We go out to face the enemies of life. And we know those enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. And they are enemies. And we don't go out alone. He is going to go out with us. He is going to fight the battles for us. And all we have to do is trust in him and be willing and be faithful. That's what God expects. You know, when you're a little kid and you have a big brother that likes to take you out places, you feel pretty secure. You know, you're a little kid, let's say you're nine years old, your big brother's 16 years old. So you feel good. You feel you can go anywhere. You can meet up with anybody. Hey, those bullies, let them come around because I got my big brother with me. Well, I'll tell you what. We have somebody better than a big brother. We have our Lord Jesus Christ with us. And if somebody wants to hurt us, they got to go through him. The Bible says, you're the apple of my eye. In other words, the pupil, the thing that's closest to you is the apple of your eye. And God loves us this much so that we can have peace, we can have joy, we can have confidence knowing that the Lord is with us. You know, when I was a young man, my brother used to go to Cal Berkeley. And he, stu he, he was studying law and all of that. And we used to go to the Cal games every Saturday. That's why I think it was directly injected into my veins that I'm a Cal Bears fan. I mean, everywhere. So we used to go all, almost every Saturday to the games, and they would run onto the field. It was great. And it's wonderful when you spend time with your, with your big brother or big sister. But it's even more wonderful to spend time with the Lord Jesus, somebody that really cares for us and really will be with us no matter what we go through. 
I love Isaiah 41.10 because it says this. It says, for, it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God has told us so many times in Scripture, fear not. And it would be one thing if God told us not to fear, but it's even better when he tells us why we shouldn't fear. Fear not, because why? Because I am with you. That's amazing. That is fantastic. When I go out the door today, when you go out the door today, when you go this week to school or work or wherever it is, or you go to the doctor or you go under the knife, under surgery or whatever it is, the Lord is there with you. He's going to see you through it. He's going to bring you through it. And that is such an encouragement. And then finally, our last point today is that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. This is one of the comforting and most wonderful promises of the scripture is that he will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, we've all known people in life who are fair weather friends. And if things are going well, they're right there with you. Byron, I'm right behind you. But as soon as something bad happens, oh, We've got to do something else. We've got to go here. We've got to go there. Loyalty today is such a fickle thing. People are not loyal. Our Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly loyal to us every day. And he wants us to be loyal also to him. And he wants us to be loyal to our church and to our leadership and loyal to what God has given us. Yes, we don't want to be fair weather friends. Someone once said, as sure as God puts his children into the furnace of affliction, he will be there with them. And isn't that true when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put into that fiery furnace because they would not bow down to Nebuchadnezzar and his golden image? He, they weren't going to do it. They were going to honor God no matter what. You can burn us if you want to. We're not going to bow down. And they put them into the fire and they turned it up seven times hotter than normal. They put them in there and they said, these guys are literally toast. Pardon the pun. And there they were. But they forgot about something, that there was a fourth person in the fire with them. And when God delivered them, they had no smoke on them. Mike loves this because he was a fireman. He said, go to fires, you're going to get smoke on you. He didn't have no smoke, no fire, no harm to them at all. And when the king looked out into the fiery furnace, he saw a fourth one, and he said, it looked like the Son of God. Because Jesus Christ was there with those three Hebrew young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, you could change their names to Babylonian names, is what they did, but they were still godly young men, and they would rather stand for Christ than to do that. And so the Lord was right there with them in the fire. And so that really gives me great comfort and encouragement. No matter what I go through, the Lord is right there with me. I'm up to the plate. He's right there. I'm going through this difficulty. He's right there. The Lord is so good. It was an evidence of God's love for them. Someone once said, you and Christ together down the long, long trail makes no difference whether road be hill or dale. Fair or cloudy weather, he will never fail. You and Christ together down the long, long trail. None of us know how long the trail is in our life, do we? Sometimes that trail may be a long time. Sometimes it may be a short trail. But the thing is, if we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, that trail will end in heaven. And if we know him as our Lord and Savior, he's going to be with us down that long, long trail. 
And there may be hard times and difficult times, but he says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Someone said they're like two little puppy dogs that follow us everywhere we go. Goodness and mercy. Isn't that great? Goodness and mercy. And they follow us all the days of our lives. And God has given us the Holy Spirit and He's given us His Word and He's given us godly counsel and teaching and inspiration and He's given us all these things. But even more than all those things, He says, I will personally be with you and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. What a comfort. What an encouragement on the journey of life to know that Jesus will never fail us. He'll be with us all the way to the finish line. To sum up then, let's remember these three things. God goes before us. Before we hit the boss's office. Before we get to the teacher's test that they're going to give. Before we go through the surgeon's night. He has already gone before and he's orchestrating it out to be beautiful. I mean, the stories that we're going to have to tell in heaven are going to take eternity because each one of us are going to be able to stand up and say, this is what God did for me personally. This is what God did for me in my life. And that's going to be so encouraging for us. Yes, he goes before us. And not only does he go before us, he goes with us. He said, Jen, I'm going to go with you this week, wherever you go. I'm going to go with you, Vince. I'm going to go with you, Rick. He loves us. He loves us. The only thing that can disturb that relationship is sin. May God help us to confess our sins to him and walk close with him. Because if we expect the Lord to come, come on, Lord, let's go. Why? What's wrong, Lord? Ooh, that's right, that's right. We have to keep close accounts with the Lord and have a close relationship. Then he'll say, sure, let's go, let's go. That's the only thing that can disturb that fellowship. He doesn't intend us to try to make it on our own or fend for ourselves in this world. He's going to be by our side. He's going to help us. He's going to come through for us every day. Yes, as we have for our subject today, the Lord is the one who goes with you. The Lord is the one who goes with you. He's going to be with you this week no matter what happens. Let's claim his promises. Let's realize the Lord goes before us. The Lord is with us, and the Lord has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Shall we just close in a word of prayer today? I'd like to invite anyone here today, well, every eye will be closed and head bowed. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, today you can accept him into your life. You can know this friend that I've been talking about. You can know this one who died on the cross for you. The one who loves you no matter, he knows everything about your past. He knows everything you've done and he still loves you. And if you want to accept him into your life today and say, Lord, I have sinned, please forgive me. Come into my life, change my life. You can do it right now today. All you have to do is raise up your hand and, and we'll pray for you. And it, you can accept Jesus into your life. He can change your life in a monumental way. Not just in a little way, in a monumental way. So just raise up your hand and say, I want you to pray for me. I want to accept Jesus. I want him to be my friend. I want him to be my savior. And if you do that, if you want to do that, just raise up your hand. We'll give you a chance to raise up your hand if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. 
And if you're here today and you know the Lord is your Savior, thank the Lord that He's going to be with you this week. He's going to go before you this week, and He's going to encourage you this week. But we have to give Him control of our lives. We have to say, Lord Jesus, don't let me steer this ship. You steer it, Lord. You be my guide. You be my Savior. Be my Lord. Help me through it. Shall we just close in prayer? Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy that follows us all the days of our life. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being with us, for saving us, and for putting us on this journey of life. Lord, we thank you that you don't give up on us. You're so patient, so merciful. And I just pray, Lord, that you will bring us through a good week this week of trusting in you, obeying you, following you, knowing that you're with us right in the thick of things in what we're going through. So please accept our thanks today, and we commit this to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.